Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the August 1992 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. J.C. Penny, 33rd Degree, Mason and Merchant, by Don Lavender, 32nd Degree. The number of successful businessmen who have subscribed to the Masonic philosophy is extensive. The reasons for their success are as varied as the endeavors in which they excelled. Most of them could attribute part of their success to hard work. In addition, some were successful because of their inherent genius, which enabled them to develop new products or services. James Cash Penny was successful because of his basic philosophy in dealing with people and the principle of the Golden Rule, which was ingrained in him as a young boy by his father, a small-town minister. Penny was industrious at an early age. With money earned from running errands and doing chores, he bought pigs and fed them with garbage collected from the neighbors. The project was short-lived because the smell disturbed the neighbors, but he made a fair profit which he deposited in two banks, being careful not to put all his eggs in one basket. Another of his projects was raising watermelons. When he proceeded to sell his melons outside the gate at the county fair, his father admonished him by pointing out that he was unfairly competing with those who had paid for a booth inside the fairgrounds. Penny never forgot the principles of honesty and square dealing. Penny's first paying job was in a general store in Hamilton, Missouri, where at the age of 20, he worked for the paltry sum of $2.27 a month. Within two years, he was earning $300 a year, but was forced to leave the job because of ill health. His doctor prescribed a drier climate, so he moved to Denver, Colorado. His first attempt at business in Denver failed when he refused to provide one of the best customers of his meat market with a bottle of whiskey each week as a bribe. He subsequently was hired in a department store to replace an employee who was ill. When that employee returned to work, Penny was transferred to a store in Wyoming owned by the same company. He turned down an offer at twice the pay to run a store for a competitor because he did not want to compete with his old boss. His real opportunity came when the boss offered him a chance to become a partner in a new store in Kemmerer, Wyoming. Although the store was a small one on a side street, Brother Penny was successful because he was willing to work long hours. By 1907, when he was 32 years of age, he was a partner in three stores and seized the opportunity to become whole owner for $30,000. He called his enterprises the Golden Rule Stores. Penny selected his employees carefully and provided an incentive that would make them partners. When an employee had saved enough to buy a one-third interest in a new store, he was allowed to do so, provided he had a man to open and manage it. Within three years, there were 14 stores. Illustrious brother J.C. Penny's happiness was marred by the death of his wife. In an effort to forget his loss, he devoted even more time to his business, increasing his existing stores to 34. Still unable to forget his loss, he took a trip to Europe in 1912, which provided him with renewed spirit. Because other stores had taken on the name The Golden Rule, he changed the name of his enterprise to the J.C. Penny Company. When he was unable to get financial backing to expand further, the partners in his stores showed their confidence in him by turning over their interest to him and enabling the company to incorporate. 
JCPenney's entire business philosophy was based on fairness to the customer. He was determined to provide the best value for the dollar, offer intelligent and helpful service, and charge only enough to make a fair profit, not what the traffic would bear. The number of penny stores jumped from 48 in 1914 to almost 1,400 in 1929. He was to suffer another reversal when the stock market crashed in 1929. He made every effort to save his holdings, but in the end lost nearly $40 million. Undaunted, he set to rebuilding and went to work for his own company on a salary. Within three years, he was on his way to success again. He began writing, lecturing, and devoting more and more time to humanitarian projects and philanthropies. Although J.C. Penney died in 1971, his legacy continues. Each year, the J.C. Penney Company presents awards to volunteers who serve their neighbors. One award is the J.C. Penney Golden Rule Award. Its Golden Rule flame symbolizes the spirit and generosity of volunteers who give freely of themselves in service to others. This award is provided to volunteers who have no connection with the company. Another award, the James Cash Penny Award for Community Service, goes to J.C. Penney Associates nationwide for dedicated service to their communities. J.C. Penney was a credit to Masonry and a member of Wasatch Lodge No. 1 in Salt Lake City. He held dual membership in United Services Lodge No. 1118 in New York. In 1958, he received a Gold Distinguished Service Award from Grand Chapter Royal Arch Masonry. He was also a Scottish Rite Mason and was coroneted a 33rd degree Inspector General Honorary in October 1945. This second article is from the same uh, issue and is called A Visit by J.C. Penney, 33rd Degree. And there's actually a little sub-thing here. It says, I was the almoner of the Honolulu Scottish Rite Bodies, and I decided I would invite Brother Penny to our upcoming meeting. I have lost the exact date, but it was sometime during 1968 that J.C. Penney arrived in Honolulu to open a new store. The Honolulu Advertiser carried the story and the fact that he and Mrs. Penny were staying at the Royal Hawaiian Hotel. I was the almoner of the Honolulu Scottish Rite Bodies, and I decided I would invite Brother Penny to our upcoming meeting. I called the hotel and told the operator I wished to speak with Mr. Penny. She was carefully screening his calls, but when I identified myself as a Mason and told her Mr. Penny was also a Mason, she put me right through. Mrs. Penny answered the phone, and when she learned I wished to invite Brother Penny to a Scottish Rite meeting, she called him to the phone. Mr. Penny explained that both he and Mrs. Penny were expected to attend a dinner party on that evening. However, if I would give him my number, he would call me the next day. True to his word, he called me at my office and said they had been able to make other arrangements. He could, therefore, accept my invitation, as he would really like to spend the evening with his Masonic brethren. We picked him up at the hotel, and on arriving at the Scottish Rite Temple, he handed me a folder packed with various cards. He asked me to find his paid-up dues card. His eyesight was not as good as it used to be, or he would do it himself, he said. We found a 33rd degree cap for him, and I escorted him to a seat of honor at the head table. It was my pleasure to introduce him, and as I was able to use an anecdote from my past, when I was a boy, my mother gave me a new sweater and admonished me, now you take good care of that sweater, it's a good one as it came from pennies. I used that as an example of the high opinion his customers had of him and the merchandise he offered. He always believed in giving value at a reasonable price. I did not mention it, but I remembered he had almost failed when starting in business. His employees stayed on the job without pay and helped save his fledgling enterprise. He always held his employees in high regard, and his personnel policies were the best to be found in his day. 
Brother Penny did not give me the date when he was conducted an Inspector General Honorary, but told me that he shared the honor with Brother Harry S. Truman. Brother Penny carried a cane with a silver engraved handle, and he handed it to me so I could read the inscription, which read, B. Franklin. He said it really was Benjamin Franklin's cane and that he had lifetime use of it. On his death, it was to be returned to the Franklin Museum. As I held this priceless piece of history, I could not help but reflect on the life and times of Brother Benjamin Franklin and his great contribution to the forming of our nation. I thought it most appropriate that Brother Penny should have custody of Brother Franklin's cane. Brother Penny was in his 90s, and he told me that he was going to live to be 100, and he was not going to retire. I told him I was glad he was still on the job, because as a member of the Board of Trustees of my Blue Lodge, we held a block of J.C. Penny Company stock, which we considered one of our best investments. I still treasure his letter inviting me to visit him in New York, but unfortunately I was never able to accept his kind invitation. Truly, illustrious brother J.C. Penny, 33rd degree, was a real American and a truly good man. He was loved and respected by all who had the privilege of knowing him. The following article is from masonrytoday.com on September 16, 2015. Today in Masonic history, James Cash, J.C. Penny, Jr. is born. Today in Masonic history, James Cash, J.C. Penny, Jr. is born in 1875. James Cash, J.C. Penny, Jr. was an American businessman and entrepreneur. Penny was born on a small farm outside of Hamilton, Missouri on September 16, 1875. His father was a farmer and Baptist minister. When Penny was approaching his 13th birthday, his father insisted that Penny pay for his own clothing. When Penny graduated from Hamilton High School, he planned to go to college and study to be a lawyer. His father would pass away before his graduation, which forced Penny to take a job as a store clerk to help support the family. In 1898, due to health problems, Penny moved west to Colorado. There he would start working for a chain of stores called the Golden Rule Stores. The two owners were impressed with Penny and offered him a share of the next two stores they opened, as long as Penny was responsible for opening them. He invested $2,000 into the stores. He would eventually open a third store. In 1907, the two partners who had opened the door for Penny dissolved their partnership. Penny negotiated successfully to retain the three stores he had opened. By 1912, there were 34 stores across the Rocky Mountain states. In 1913, he moved the company headquarters to Utah and incorporated them under the name J.C. Penny Company. In 1916, he started expanding the company east of the Mississippi. By 1929, Penny had over 1,400 stores nationwide. Prior to the stock market crash, Penny and a business partner had invested heavily in Florida real estate. They opened Penny Farms, and it was star to the foremost dairy products, Inc., the stock market crash of 1929 left Penny's personal fortune in ruin. He at one point in time had to borrow against his life insurance in order to make the payroll for the company. All of this took a toll on Penny's health, and he eventually checked himself into a sanitarium. It was in the sanitarium that he became a born-again Christian after hearing the hymn, God Will Take Care of You, during a service in the hospital's chapel. Even after relinquishing the day-to-day -day operational control of the company, Penny visited stores regularly. In 1940, while visiting a store in Des Moines, Iowa, he taught a young Sam Walton, Walmart and Sam's Club, how to wrap packages with a minimum amount of paper and ribbon. He remained the chairman of the board until 1946 and an honorary chairman until his passing. Along with the stores, Penny was involved in other community-related efforts. He was involved in the founding of the University of Miami. 
After the Great Depression, Penny teamed with Thomas Watson of IBM, radio personality Arthur Godfrey, and inspirational speaker Vincent Peale to start 40PLUS, an organization that helps employ managers and executives. In 1954, Penny founded the James C. Penny Foundation. The fund, now called the Penny Family Fund and is no longer affiliated with the J.C. Penny chain of stores, gives money in Oregon, California, and Washington State for work that creates advances in the fields of human rights, community, social, political, economic empowerment, government accountability, and environmental sustainability. Penny passed away on February 12, 1971. He passed away after suffering a broken hip from a fall and later a heart attack, neither of which he ever fully recovered from. Penny was a member of Wasatch Lodge No. 1 in Salt Lake City, Utah. He was initiated on April 18, 1911. He was a member of both the Scottish Rite and the York Rite. On October 16, 1945, he was coroneted a 33rd degree Mason. In 1958, he received the Gold Distinguished Service Award by the General Grand Chapter Royal Arch Masons in Kansas City, Missouri. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.